The great unretirement is upon us, and we're at a four-decade year high with inflation. And retirees are unretiring and going back into the workforce. So we'll dig into this and more in today's podcast. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with CloudVestor. Untangling Your Finances. Mo Param does it. The team at CloudVestor is with Mo Param. They do it. They untangle the finances for their clients in all stages of their financial life. This is Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param of CloudVestor's cloudvestors.com. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins here. Hello, Mo, 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 Mo. I just say that space. because it sounds like uh, Mo. It so- almost sounds like you're on assignment at Howard's Waterfall Cave in Dade County. <laughs> no, no, I wish, I wish. The pictures seem amazing. Yeah, um, but no, we're just at, at the studio, well, at the office. But these ceilings are so high. What'd you say? Like twenty feet high. Twenty feet high. So it's not the best as far as insulation is concerned, but well, it's uh, it's doing it's it's doing its job today. I, I can hear you. It's yeah, and everything's good. It's all good. I was just giving you a hard time, and I wanted to say <laughs> mo 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 mo. Um, wow, what did you say? The great unretirement. Uh, you can almost do a little play on that uh, because we have the great resignation. This is almost like the great unresignation. It's really concerning. Because we were looking at data earlier. You have yours and I have mine. Uh, one was from, this is from Fortune. And uh, it said some some 68% of the workers who retired during the pandemic would now consider coming back to work. 94% of those who left the workforce but never technically retired would do the same. What do you think it is, Mo? We, we're going to get some outside sources on this. But here's the question I have for you. How much of this decision to go back to work or feeling like they have to go back to work is grounded in emotion. And how much do you think is grounded in reality? And the reason I ask about emotion is I think if you're not properly planned for retirement, emotion could take over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a combination of both really. I mean, emotionally it could be anything from, well, maybe you, you thought you were ready to retire, but then, you know, when you think about, how much of us have identified ourselves with work, the emotional transition from no longer having that, you know, that day-to-day job to now, you know, having so much freedom uh, and time on your hands can be an emotional journey, but also it is I guess a combination panic is what of, I was thinking too, right? Say it again? Panic because of the economy well, now. Well, panic, yeah, that too, because the reality is if you start, if you look at how the market uh, started the beginning of the year, I mean, it, January was a awful, awful month in the market. I mean, we saw, you know, different indices dropping, you know, almost double digits in in one month. And if that was the if if you were retired, if you if your first day of retirement was January oh. one, and you were expecting, you know, some distributions from your retirement accounts, or at least maybe pausing, or maybe maybe having your accounts maybe just grow for another year or two, and then start taking distributions. Well, you started the gate right out the gate with mm-hmm. a maybe 10 percent loss. So that's that's pretty alarming, and then to 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 on top of that, we saw inflation numbers back in January, reaching almost seven percent or just past seven percent. So all of a sudden, the your portfolio is dropping, and then the cost of living has gone up. Yeah, and that hasn't stopped. 
No, it so hasn't. it hasn't stopped. So yeah, so that that emotional of oh my gosh, did I make the right decision? And then also, my gosh, my portfolio is going down at a rapid speed, and the cost of living is going up. You know, you put that into a pot and stir it up. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that some retirees, that especially recent retirees, are going back into the workforce. Well, you know, another thing, too, is that we have seen the two quarters of negative GDP growth, which is always was the standard definition of recession. And there seems to be some hesitancy to say we're in a recession. I won't go through the whole history of why we <laughs> name it different names. It's it's kind of like a, 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 a word game we're playing here. Uh, AT&T CFO uh, Pasco DeRoche shares risks in being too quick to classify whether we're in a recession or not. I want to get your take on, on this one. You know, I sure. think it's very hard to make predictions. Um, so uh, for me, what I would say just directionally is I think this will be longer. I don't know ultimately how high Fed fund rates go. But as I said, I think the Fed will have to hold here probably longer. The market's pricing in cuts in early 2023. And that feels a little premature to us, given the strength in the economy and some of that residual inflation I was talking about. Well, I don't know. Um, what do you think? I mean, are, is this different from recessions, even though we have hit the technical definition? It sure feels like one. It feels like one um, just because of the way, you know, you look at the market, the market's not doing great. And then you, you and then you add inflation to it. That also doesn't make anyone feel good. But as of today, the job numbers came out and, you know, it looks like we have recovered as a country all of the jobs that were lost from the pandemic. Wow. So one of. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the reasons why some people are are uh, debating or moving the goalposts back of, of what, what a recession is, yeah. the definition of a recession, is because you know, one part of a recession that we've seen historically is, you know, unemployment, right? If unemployment starts to rise and rise at a, a level that that makes, you know, that causes, uh, you know, consumer confidence to go down, that causes, that's usually one, that's one of the causes of a recession, you know, the, the lack of work. But now it looks like the job market, job the labor force is strong. So that's why some people don't want to use the word recession yet because, yes, it's two negative GDP, consecutive GDP quarters. Uh-huh. Um, but we but could be look coming. at the labor force, labor force yeah. is pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, I think, was it in the last podcast we had Larry Kudlow um, of Fox Business predicting, though, what we're in what could last 12 to 15 months? Yeah. But then you look at this. What and here, Here's another thing, too. What you just said about the jobs report that came out today, we're, we were, we're recording on Friday, August 5th. And, but then stocks opened lower, and it said here, following a stronger-than-expected July, July jobs report. Why would a stronger-than-expected July jobs report make stocks open lower? Actually, wasn't the Fed kind of hoping for not-so-good news there, and it may mean the raising of the interest rates is working? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's why, right? Okay. If the job, if the job force... You know, in some aspects, one of the reasons why um, the feds are raising interest rates, and there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons, but one reason is they're making, they want to make it very expensive to live, to cool down the economy. Okay, right. right? Get the, so get the demand 
um, taken care of and 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 uh, neutralized in some aspects by making it so cost so costly to live. Well, one result of raising interest rates was probably a slowdown in hiring. And we've seen a little bit in the news recently of some tech companies that have either slashed workforce or have decided to maybe press pause on hiring. And so less hiring, less jobs, um, uh, probably more people start to save more, so less spending. So again, going back to what the government wants to do is kind of cool down the market. So well, the market's if, concerned that the rate hikes could get more aggressive. Right, because if the job force is stronger than anticipated, then if the Fed wants to make it too expensive to live, well, guess what? Let's raise the rates again. Oh. And if we raise the rates again, then uh, – so that's why the market kind of opened up a little low today because they weren't expecting this type of job numbers. And they were, they were astronomical, almost double what they were anticipating. What do you think is going on here? I mean, even <laughs> maybe some of the numbers that, that that we had we had looked at, we talked about it on here. Consumer spending mm-hmm. really hasn't gone down, has it? Have you seen where that's been affected that much? Not really, not not that much, right? And then so now you go back to a a healthy job market, then consumer spending is probably going to. St- I won't say go up, but it'll probably stay it's where not it gonna, is right now because more people are working. Wow. So we don't know what's coming. And, it, and Wall Street does not like uncertainty. Well, Wall ba- Street hates uncertainty. <laughs> hates hates it. it. Hates it with a passion. Um, <laughs> Most people do, right? Yeah. Well, absolutely. We, Yeah, we the fear of the unknown. It, it's certainly understandable. Um, the more you know, the, more you, the, the better decisions you can make. Well, you know, I think that goes back to what I was asking you on the great unretirement, why a lot of it may be, yes, I know it's grounded in reality, but also a little bit of emotion with a feeling of panic. And is that because the planning is not done? Now, this podcast is not just about retirement, but we're focusing on retirement today. If the proper planning is not there, then you don't feel as in control either. And you may, it may be not it it may be more of an emotional decision to go back to work. Yeah, you know, some of the planning that you're right. That, that's why we stress so much at the firm about what makes us different from other advisory firms. Yes, it's it's definitely obviously the different the virtual side of what we do, but it's the planning side where you know I think some advisors they have clients and they and they talk to their clients about you know their portfolio and that's it, right? You've got a half a million dollars, you've got a million dollars, whatever the number is. And as an advisory team, we're going to show you all these different portfolios or fancy strategies to to grow your money, which is fine, which is great, right? Which is one thing that you want your advisor to do is to, you know, give you a return you more money than you provide to them. Mm-hmm. But also it's taking – but a, a holistic advisor, fiduciary advisor looks at different aspects of your finances and taxes, uh, distribution rates, social security – Right, uh, positioning you, preparing you for retirement. Right, most I think some advisors, you know, they feel like the money that their clients are giving them to invest is their money, right? And they don't want to, you know, give it back to them in, in any type of shape, form, or fashion. They want to continue growing it, so they they have this type of um, hold on their on your assets. But for us, when we're looking at working with retirees, we're saying to ourselves, okay, we're going to have to create a distribution plan to make sure that you stay retired through retirement. 
So some of the things that we have with our clients and why some of most of our clients aren't really, uh, they may be emotionally, you know, uh, uh, concerned about the market, which most people are, but they're not concerned about their plan Mm -hmm. because we have, we started off with a distribution strategy for them. So we, we already kept some cash on hand, knowing that, you know, in the, in the event of market volatility, they wouldn't have to be concerned about where they're going to get their income from because we already had um, that bucket of money already set aside. Right. And this wasn't some foreshadowing thing that we knew that the recession or the 2022 market was going to start this way. It's just part of planning. That was something that we were going to do with, that's something we do for all of our retirees. We have a place for them to get distribution from, from the, uh, in the event of market volatility. So, and, um, that's part of planning, right? Uh, and if you don't have a plan, you start to scramble and not sure which way to, which way is up, which way is down, which way is left, which way is right, because you're trying to make all these decisions and trying to do it in a, you know, faster than the market can, than you can even keep up with the market. You know, I think about proper retirement planning in that it puts you and, and retirees on the sidelines. I think about, you know, the running of the bulls in Spain, um, as, as opposed to being out there running for your life to not get gored by a bull, you're kind of watching the people who are running for their lives not to, and to get gored by a bull. I mean, isn't that it? I mean, you want to be less skin in the, the dangerous game of market volatility, possible recession, high inflation. What's making mm-hmm. some a lot of people feel like they need to return to work? Callet Advisors partner Lenore Hawkins weighs in on the, un, on the, on the employment figures an impact that consumers have sustained as comfort and confidence in retirement hit a nine-year low. That's according to a recent report on retirement. So here's from Lenore Hawkins. Um, I think the hard thing with this discussion around kind of broad market inflation today is that it really is out of the control of the consumer. Well, that's it. That's what we were talking about. If you feel Mm -hmm. out of control, out of control. And one more to weigh in. The cost pricing index is a great indication of the money hemorrhaging from the pockets of pre-retirees and retirees. And that's according to former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, Kevin Hassett, who spoke on the state of the U.S. economy as Americans cope with this high inflation. If you look at inflation just over the last six months, uh, then top line inflation of the CPI is 11 percent, not nine percent. And and so what happens is by going back 12 months and averaging it in with today, and that's why everybody keeps getting the numbers completely wrong, because if they talk about a 12-month average, that it's better for them because inflation is lower. But inflation is startlingly high right now. Think about it. The, the things that you actually discretionarily purchase that aren't durable, like you don't buy a car every day, right? You don't buy a house every day. The things that you buy every day are right now rising at a rate of 32 percent. Mm-hmm. And that's the headline. That's why Americans are so upset. And that's why the Fed has probably got to lift rates by a whole uh, percentage point at the next meeting. And then they've got to continue at rates about that high if they want to get ahead of the curve. Now, he obviously said that before the latest announcement of, what was it, uh, three quarters? Three quarters, of a percent. Yeah. However, however, I think about people who may be just retired, and we call that the go-go years, you know, the first years, and you may be traveling a lot. And then when they're at the pump and they're feeling, as he just said, much higher than 9, 10, 11 percent, they're feeling 30, 40 percent inflation. And so, yeah, I could see where that could have a role in making them think, you know, I, I maybe I was a little hasty in retiring. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Um yeah, you know, one of our recent podcasts, we talked about your personal your personal inflation number, 
and the 9.1%, it, it may not be true to you. Right. You know, when you think about, uh, like you said, the gas pumps, when you think about airfare, um, you know, some retirees, depending on where they, you know, how, how, how long they've been retired, they may have added things to their budget that they didn't do. For instance, you know, um, if you had uh, someone cutting your lawn, mowing your lawn, maybe that's something that you just said to yourself, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, that cost has gone up because the fuel costs uh, for the for the uh, for, for for the lawn care, um, uh, gosh, what do you call them? They landscapers. Are landscapers. The landscapers' yeah. costs have gone up. My landscaping cost has gone up. Yeah. My my um, pest control has gone up. So by like thirty percent. Wow. So all of a sudden, you know, you've added this this thing to your budget, and it's not at nine percent. It may be. You know, 10, 15, 20, even 30 percent. Absolutely. Like, um, like what was just mentioned before. And so, yeah, that, that's what's real. That's could cause one to reconsider. Wow. I wasn't really expecting this. I wasn't expecting the cost to go up. So because you remember, remember, think back. I mean, we've been in such a great economy for the last, you know, almost 15 years. Right. Everything is your investment portfolio. Just can, even if you were a conservative investor, you know, you were getting returns that were just. You know, uh, you know, you were just applauding. Oh, because yeah. Everything was going sure. up. Uh, cost of living was pretty reasonable, pretty manageable. And so you weren't really, hopefully, you had a plan, but if you weren't really planning around, okay, what ifs? You know, did you even stress test your plan to see, you know, what if inflation does? That's where good planning, a, you stress test and you anticipate you the worst test. case scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that you know, kind of give you a little bit behind the scenes of you know our planning. One thing we do is on, on a baseline, we we uh, we show a, a rate of return of about four percent for our clients portfolios. It doesn't matter the age, whether you're 60 years old or 30 years old. Right. We're showing four uh percent -huh. if we're doing like a retirement projection. Right. And I think 4% is a very um, humble number. Mm -hmm. But really, the, the, the idea behind that is if your plan can survive a 4% return, then obviously you can survive a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9% return. Absolutely. But, if, but if, your, if your plan is on shaky legs at 4%, right? If it, doesn't, if, if it fails at 4 right? So th then you've, you, I don't say you're in trouble, right? But you're putting a lot of pressure on multiple factors to kind of be correct. Right. Um, and so when you have times like this, where even a conservative portfolio, but U S bond markets down almost 9% uh, as of, as of this recording, right. Mm -hmm. You may have anticipated, you know, six, seven, eight, which most advisors, big box advisors are showing you, but now that's, that's not what it looks like this year. Yeah. So being very humble is one thing that, you know, you want to manage your expectations with not just your investments, but really on the overall economy itself. So to to put you in a better position. Yeah. Retirement planning is, um, is more humble. It's, um, definitely not the aggressive greed is good. You know, it's more about being safer and, and, and eliminating that fear of running out of money because it, you know, you retire those paychecks stop. And I know part of the plan is to build in a, a retirement paycheck. The important thing is to have a plan. And Carlos Gutierrez, former CEO of Kellogg, weighs in on that, explaining that it is essential to move forward at some point, despite the temporary difficulties that face consumers as it stands now and embrace the change to move forward. 
got to be able to be willing to change and to be able to gauge when things are changing and, and move as soon as you see that. Not just inflation. It's the supply chain. It's the great resignation. It's Ukraine. It, you know, all of these things, uh, COVID continues to be around. All of these things have added on to the burden of inflation. So it's a tough time. It's a tough thing to, 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 to manage through and you have to pick your choices. But... I think you have to be fast. You have to be very fast when you decide which way you're going. Fish or cut bait. And there's another saying like that that I won't say on the podcast because <laughs> we're rated as clean. <laughs> but yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're taking a cross country, forget cross country, if you're just driving down uh, to your destination and all of a sudden your app, your, 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 you know, your GPS app says there's a, there's a wreck or there's, you know, something that's going to cause a delay in your route. Do you just continue taking that same route or do you try? I to- have done that to my regret. Yes. <laughs> but, what is, but what does your GPS do, right? If you have a good GPS, it, it reroutes. Re- reroutes you. Right. And it I, reroutes you fast. Funny you said right? that. I just had this conversation the other day with someone. I was in traffic and I said, I'll never ignore my GPS ever again. If it reroutes me, I will obey uh, but it does yeah. reroute, yeah. It reroutes you, but that's right? what because, this is about. Because what it's trying to do is get to get you to your destination, and just like your GPS um, that's rerouting you, your advisor, or your plan should be nimble enough and flexible enough to reroute the the, the uh, uh, you know to reroute your financial plan. Um, if it's not, then you know if your if your plan is so so finite, so so uh, if. Uh, that's what we're looking for. So th- there's no room for flexibility in it. Then, you know, when things like this happen, right. like, like Carlos, like, uh, was Carlos, right? Carlos, yes. you got to move fast. He, you do. And, and do the rerouting. And you've always said there, and, um, all of you feel that way that these plans, no matter where you are in your financial life, they have to be flexible. They're living, breathing plans. One more on this note. CNBC senior personal finance correspondent Sharon Epperson explains the importance of that emergency fund when you're planning for retirement and and for all scenarios. You also want to increase your stash of cash because having that emergency fund, you may want to have a year or more if we're looking at an uncertain economic time, the possibility of a recession. See if you can put some of that money in cash. And then you also want to make sure you do have a financial plan and you're test driving it. If you're not retired yet, what's this vacation going to look like? Make it look like what retirement might look Mm. like. What would you do? Where would you go? Where would you live? Emergency fund definitely will get to, but I did want to comment on one thing that I love. We've talked about that too. Even before you retire test drive that retirement plan mm-hmm. test drive it what yeah. should people have in the emergency fund what do you think is it should you it know, be more now it should it should be more right i mean it's if you think about it it's six to i like well if you're retired i'd like to have at least a year mm-hmm. worth of savings i'm sorry worth, years worth of savings years worth of your expenses in in an emergency fund and if inflation is going up, right? Well, then that means that your, and the cost of living is going up, which means your expenses are going up, which means that your emergency fund should keep up with inflation. So if you're, you know, if last year it cost you, I'll say $60,000 to live, that's your monthly budget. I mean, your annual budget. And now it's, you know, let's just say it's $65,000. Well, then you've got $5,000 you need to add to your emergency fund. 
How's your schedule today? I mean, this is this is going to run a little long, but it's good. It's good stuff here. Are you okay for this to run a little little bit longer today? Yeah, sure. Okay. But I wanted to, before we take a quick break and move into something else, I wanted to point this out. I was just reading this today, and this is actually from CNBC. You know, we all know, and we've talked about 2035, just 80% of benefits will be payable unless Congress acts to do something. And so this is a survey that came out. And it shows support for seven different options or, or directions Congress could take in fixing this problem where it would only be 80% payable. <laughs> uh, and this is interesting because we've talked, we did a podcast on this. One of the options is to raise the Social Security payroll tax cap because currently once you make 147000 in a given year, then you are no longer subject to the payroll tax. There's wide support, shared support of 81%. 88% of Democrats support that. 79% of Republicans support that. Uh, reducing benefits for high earners, shared support, 81%. 86% Democrats, 78% Republicans. Gradually raising the retirement age. We're starting to see the support go down a little bit on this one here. You know, gradually raising it. It's now 67 for those born in 16, 1960 or later. Uh, 75% shared, 76% of Democrats, 75% Republican support for that one. Uh, inter- increasing the payroll tax, 73% shared support. Surprising is that high. Democrat support, 70% Republican support. Raising the minimum benefit, um, and that's the support is starting to go down here. The next option is changing cost of living adjustment calculations. And what are we looking at? It's talked about at what, around, is it 11% they're talking about for 2023? Yeah, last time I looked, it was getting close to like 10. Like 10 something, that's right. Yeah. Well, there's only only about like 55% support for that one. And finally, increasing benefits for beneficiaries over age 80. I don't know how doing that is going to solve this problem. (laughs) <laughs> but that's only got like 53% support. So the, the biggest support here, um, the, the, the one that gets the highest support, it looks like, is raising the Social Security payroll tax cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't yeah. know what they're uh, going to do with this you, yet. We don't know what they're going to do. They may do, eliminate but... 62. Oh, as far as the earliest? Yeah. I've heard well, I, people I, speculate no, was, on that. Yeah, I don't want to speculate, but... Again, you know, when we talk to our when we talk to our clients, I, I ask them. I don't know how that helps either because you, in, you actually get less when you do that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. When you talk, no, 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 no. That's, I mean, just a, it, basically, it's on shaky legs, right? Yeah. And we, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't speak to many people who think that tax rates are going to go down. And if you're going to raise the uh, the the income, uh, the taxable income for Social Security, then that's that's a new tax. Right. That's a new tax that's going to hit those that are, you know, your higher income earners, you know, those that make over 140. If you make, you know, most people that, you know, they, they see that little bit of a pay raise. Right. Because once you cross that threshold, the 6.2 percent is no longer taken from your from your paycheck. Why do so they stop of, payroll taxing after one hundred forty seven thousand right. a year? Why do so they do that? Make, is that because your benefits are capped at a certain point? So, yeah, yeah, you know, so so it's it's almost like a point of if you know if they didn't stop that, then you know someone who's making you know two hundred thousand dollars is going to continue paying that six point two percent, right? You know, on and you know your benefit is still going to be capped, 
right? So you say to yourself, okay. well, if, I, if I put in 6.2%, I mean, imagine if you put 6.2% for your, uh, at $200,000 throughout your, you know, to, to, you know, 15, 20 years of your, of your, of your uh, earnings history, you know, that's a lot that you've put into the system versus someone who, who put in a hundred grand. I don't like but reducing your benefits. benefits. Gonna be, your benefits going to be pretty much the same. The, the reducing benefits for high earners doesn't seem quite fair because, um, I mean, they paid into it, right? They paid and, into it. Um, so I don't, um, I don't really see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's 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 shaking. I mean, I, I mean, the bipartisan act of twenty fifteen, and you know, they tried to, and they did right, try. They did, you know, rest, uh, remove some um, social security filing strategies to help. That's with, right. With the um, with the trust, yeah, to keep it to keep it around. You know, the filing restricted, filing suspend. Um, it's pretty much gone. There's only a few people that can actually do fall and restrict, but here's one. How about suspend is gone. How about eliminate where all your ex spouses can claim on yours after being divorced? I mean, if you've been married five times, all of your exes can claim on you as long as you were married 10 years, as long as we're married 10 years and they're not married. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's, there's so many different ways that, um, now, even those who, you know, if you didn't have the 40 credits, but your spouse did, you can hop on and use your spouse's credits for yours. Even, it's right? your, even if it's your, oh, okay, that's a different thing, right? Okay. Right. But but if you think about it, that spouse didn't pay into the system right. as much. Yeah, there's some things. 50% of your benefit. So if it's, if it's the case, do they say, well, if you really haven't worked or if let's say you did work mm-hmm. you can't do a spousal 50 percent benefit you're going to have to do your own benefit and may, it may be you know a couple hundred bucks a month but it's not going to be the 50 percent of your spouse's a benefit the one that gets now, me is all, pass, all the like, exes different ways to mix to mix it up i was talking to a financial advisor one time he's told me this story several times but he was at a uh doing a seminar and uh, he was talking about that where your 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 ex can claim on you as long as you had been married to them ten years, and you get what half, right? They could yeah, get half if, of it. If if half of their benefit is more than a hundred percent of your benefit, you you get that half. You get the you get the higher of the two. He said one man at the seminar said, "Let me see if I got this right. You're saying my first wife can claim half of mine. Well, if you were married ten years, yes." So that means my second wife, <laughs> yes, if you were married at least 10 years. And my third wife, yes, if you were married at least 10 years. And on top of that, my current wife can still do it. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. You can. <laughs> do you think, and we'll close here, do you think your possible that, fifth wife could do it? Too. <laughs> right. And, sir, how are you living so long? You had to have been married 10 years to all of them. Uh, do you think that the final solution could be a little bit of all those possibilities? Maybe just do a little bit of each one of those? Mm, That's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, Maybe uh, raise is, the is payroll it, tax cap a little bit. Yeah, Maybe. I, I can see that being. I can see that being the first place they start. Yeah, I All can. Right. I can totally see that being the first place they start. Well, it's an extra long special edition of Your Finances Untangled. Quick, quick break. Just thirty seconds to learn about um, Cloudbusters, and then Mo's going to cover some tips to keep your finances in retirement in tip-top shape. 
How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. We're back with your finances untangled. Yes, cloudvestors.com. Learn about this firm. We say it all the time. It's the convenience and ease of virtual planning, but with the human touch, you're assigned a team member at Cloudvestors. Could that be you, Mo? It could be you, right? You're yeah, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. I want that uh, guy that's on yeah. the podcast. That's who I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a, a, a good team here, but, you know, I still take on clients. I still take on um, clients and I, yeah, you know, I, I still love you know, helping and, and, and just being part of uh, our client's financial journey. So, yeah, so we, we yeah, myself, my partner, Andrew, we, we still take clients. All right. Great. Great. But you've got a great team, so it doesn't matter. It's a team effort anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you're a, once you're a, a client of Cloudvestors, you're, you're, you're all of our clients, right? Right. So we, we all have a hand in your plan and we all know your plan. That's it. That's it. That, that's great. It really is. All right. We, we're going to, we've got to kind of roll through this quickly here. We're looking at retirement uh, and keeping your finances in tip top shape. Some tips from Mo. Um, definitely. I think not only understanding what your lifestyle expenses will be in retirement, but also understanding how uh, they could change over the duration of your retirement. Yeah, you want to you want to have a spending plan, aka a budget, right? I don't like to use the word budget, but like spending plan. Understanding, you know, have a personal inventory of you know how much you're spending, and and really keep that keep that um, spending plan updated. So if the cost of groceries you're noticing is starting to go up, um, then you've got to adjust that spending plan. So yeah, you you want to keep track of what it takes for you to live on a monthly basis. And and continuously auditing it and, and adjusting that those numbers, whether it's a spreadsheet or an app, you just want to make sure that you know exactly how much it costs for you to live. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you really have to know that then to know and for Mo and the team to know what kind of income plan they need to infrastructure, they need to build into your retirement and not only income incoming, but outgoing as in taxes. And you need to really understand how taxes can impact your money and how you can act proactively to lessen that impact. Yeah. You know, most of us are saving in a employer sponsored plan, like your 401k. Um, and if you're, if you did that throughout your retire, throughout your working history, did it in a, in a pre-tax fashion, then what, you're, what you haven't had to realize is when you start making these distributions, well, guess what? All of that, all of those distributions will be taxable to you. So now you have Social Security coming in, and then you have these distributions from your IRA 401ks coming out. All of that is going to be taxed. Well, the distribution is going to be taxed as income. So, you know, you want to be, be, be taken into consideration that, you know, if your home is paid off, Clearly, you have no student loans. Hopefully, 
kids are off the payroll. So we're, you know, we've eliminated a lot of deductions. And so your, your income from these retirement accounts could, could put you in a different tax bracket. So you, you definitely want to pay folk, pay attention to how taxes are going to impact, you know, not just your, uh, your distributions from your retirement accounts, but these these can also impact your the taxation and your social security. It can also increase your Medicare premiums. We're rapid firing here on tips to keep your finances in tip top shape. Uh, retirement paycheck, creating that income that replaces your work paycheck. What tools are available and some good ones to help build in that guaranteed income? Yeah, um, you know, annuities are one way that you can put a you can add a guaranteed income stream to yourself for for yourself obviously social security is a guaranteed income stream uh, but you know most people don't have a pension so you so what some annuities allow you to do is essentially create your own pension create your own guaranteed income stream and so that's one that's one option not saying it's for everyone but it is one option that i can think of that does you know, eliminate some market risk, but also give you that guaranteed income uh, for it could, you can even do it for not just your life, but the rest of your spouse's life as well. We've talked a lot about another income stream, Social Security, and when to when you claim that um, it's really important. And for some, it does make sense to claim at 62, but you definitely get more if you wait. Yeah, if, if health is a concern, um, then obviously you have to weigh out the fact that maybe you can't wait. You can't. You, you you might not be able to make it to your full retirement age because of just health concerns. So you say to yourself, let's just go ahead and take it at sixty-two. Um, but if you you know if you haven't planned and there's no other you know real assets, right? If you don't have a four hundred one k IRA Roth, uh, then you know quite honestly, Social Security should be something that you really have heavily think about taking as soon as you can. Because there's no other income sources. Yeah, that could, that's part of that planning process with, with cloud investors looking at that, maximizing it for you. That's a custom approach they take. Um, also, too, we talked about the having that emergency bucket earlier on the podcast. Don't you need some type of risk bucket for growth, especially with inflation we have now? Of course, yeah. We, we, we don't want to be doom and gloom, right? Even if you're 65 years old, that's still young, and you. I'm planning my. I'm planning for a 25, you know, year, 25, maybe even 30 year retirement, mm-hmm. uh, unless you tell me that there are some health issues. So, you know, I've got a. When I'm planning for you, and when we're planning for you, we're not just planning for 2022. You know, we're looking at 10 years, 15 years down the road. What is life going to look like for you then? And these assets that you've entrusted us with has to be growing and to keeping up with that lifestyle that you're anticipating. So there's going to have to be a little bit of a risk bucket, right? Depending on your risk tolerance. But, you know, we, we want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we have a devised plan where we have a stream, uh, well, we have a source that's going to guarantee you or be a, that source of income for you now, but also what's life going to look like for you 15 years from, 15 years from now and have a, uh, a portion of your assets dedicated to the future you and that money has to have a little bit of gasoline to 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 fuel it. Yeah, so we have a little growth behind it. Well, now at seventy two, you're going to be forced to take a certain percentage out with required minimum distributions, and and, and so these tax deferred accounts, that's all. They're all going to be taxable events. So, w- w- at what point is it? Would it be too late to act on that and maybe look at Roth options? Uh, you know. It, 
It's never too late, really, in my opinion. Yeah. You, you, you want to look at it as soon as you can. because I guess when you hit 72, maybe. <laughs> when you hit 72, you have to take it, and yeah. you can't convert your RMDs. So those RMDs are coming out. Um, you know, if, if, it's, if, it's, if there's any pre-tax dollars in there, they're going to have to come out, and you can't convert RMDs. So, you know, with great market performance, these RMDs can be pretty, pretty hefty, pretty significant. Again, going back to adding, you know, again, these RMDs will be taxed as income to you, uh, which could, again, impact taxation. Your Social Security can impact your Medicare premiums going up. So on a, you know, year-to-year basis, what we're doing with our clients is looking to see, you know, does it make sense to do a conversion, how much to convert? You know, this market that we're seeing right now sometimes can be a a good time, right? It, It may not feel good that the market's going down 10, 15, 20%, depending on where you're invested. But if you can convert some of that money, then when the market rebounds and rallies, mm-hmm. then that you're getting some tax-free rallies. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Good, good retirement podcast, Mo. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, thank you for joining me every, every week. And as always, thank you for listening. Like, share, review, rate, do all the good things, and uh, catch us next week. I'll let you get back to your cave exploring, and thank you. (laughs) Yes, indeedy. We drop it every Friday. It's called Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Moise Param and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.